we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Good evening, folks. You're listening to the Hour of the Time. I'm William Cooper. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. Time, weather, Veteran of three foreign wars, entrepreneur, and warrior poet, Tony Arterburn takes on the issues facing our country, civilization, and planet. This is the Arterburn Radio Transmission. The government encouraged the manufacture and importation of firearms for the criminals to use. This is intended to foster a feeling of insecurity, which would lead the American people to voluntarily disarm themselves by passing laws against firearms, using drugs and hypnosis on mental patients in a process called Orion. The CIA inculcated the desire in these people to open fire on schoolyards and thus inflame the anti-gun lobby. This plan is well underway and so far is working perfectly the middle class is begging the government to do away with the second amendment. That is Bill Cooper, behold a pale horse, 1991. And I'm going to touch a little bit on the uh, next psyop operation, mental, (laughs) mental breakdown of society, the evil that prevails in our, brainwash culture the acid of modernity we'll talk a little bit about that but you guys know the deal you know the score already before it even happens you can expect it because that's what the age that's the age we're living in right you become you become uh programmed to accept mass shootings you become programmed to accept evil and that we're a pitiful giant and no one can do anything to help right that's what you're programmed to believe it's not true but that's what you're programmed. And we'll talk a little bit about that. This is the Arterburn Radio Transmission, the official broadcast of the apocalypse. I'm Tony Arterburn. I'm your host. I'm broadcasting from beautiful Branson, Missouri. I'm back in my Branson office. I've got uh, not Beans the Brave. I do not have Beans the Brave. She's back on the homestead protecting, uh, <laughs> protecting my cabin from woodland creatures, intruders, bad vibes. I've got Charlie the Chocolate Labrador here in studio, though. Charlie's back. I needed the big dog today. Uh, Charlie's doing inventory, um, or at least I think so. She's in there sleeping on the couch, but I've I've got Charlie in case I'm under attack. But folks, uh, welcome back to the program. Uh, I appreciate everybody who's tuned in. We're streaming live over my Twitter at Tony Arterburn and uh, the America Unplugged channel over on Rockfin. That's R-O-K-F-I-N on the America Unplugged channel. Go check us out. I'll check the chat here in a little while. 
Uh, I want to say thanks to all the listeners on 9.30 a.m. The Answer in San Antonio. I've been there for coming up on five years. And um, I think we bring a little bit of variety to your conservative talk radio over there. Um, it's a little different. My take is a little different. And I think that's a good thing. Spice it up a little bit. Maybe not a, a <laughs> maybe not an echo, a cacophony of echoing voices throughout the media, and especially conservative and right-wing media. So, yeah, there's a, another mass shooting. And this is conditioning, ladies and gentlemen. This is what our culture has become. And I was talking to uh, Melissa this morning out at the homestead, and I said, do you realize, you know, we were talking about this mass shooting. Do you realize how hard it is, you know, how, how much training you have to go through to kill? You know, how many barriers you have to break in your own mind? How many fire, firewalls there are before you can go on a spree like that? I mean, do you realize the kill ratio in World War I? They take all the, the doughboys, you know, the Yanks are coming. They're sending them over to Europe. And they spent all this time with these American boys, and they were teaching them how to shoot these rifles. A lot of them were just off the farm, and they killed animals, right? They, they'd gone hunting. This was a, a very rural population, and they put them out front of these targets. But they found that the kill ratio, the actual wounding of enemy soldiers, was very, very low. Those who actually would actually lay down fire and aim at the enemy and follow through was a lot lower than they had ever anticipated. So they improved it. And you know how they improved it? They started making the silhouettes look like human beings. And by the time I was a soldier, they actually called them Ivans, right? Because of the Cold War, they were Russians, and they would pop up, and they would be a complete silhouette, not just on paper, but the outline, you know, the light around them would be a silhouette of a human being. It's to desensitize you. But even then, so, you know, again, there's a lot of research in alternative media. So there's been some great journalism on this. But you notice in the 70s, we had the, the serial killers, right? There was a John Wayne Gacy's and Son of Sam, right? The, the, the Scorpio, all the, all, the different, all the different serial killers. Ted Bundy going into the 70s and into the 80s. Where do all those people go? You see, this all connects. Because you didn't have this stuff in the 50s. I mean, human beings have always had evil, folks. We already know that. There's nothing new really under the sun, except the history you don't know, to quote Harry Truman. But there's something wrong here. You know it. I know it. Something is baked into this. There's some kind of program. There's some kind of systematic recruitment of some some way i don't know how it i don't know how it fits but i don't buy that this is organic because it serves the narrative of those who want to take our firearms those who want to enslave us those who want a top-down totalitarian system where only the military has weapons and only the police have weapons because they're the good ones right they're the they're the good people because that's how it always works right when you have a, a disarmed pop populace everything's peaceful right <laughs> you know, it's like, and to live in a society where people see the firearm and say, we got to do something about that. We got to do something about that tool. No, I want to do something about the person. I want to know why I live in a society where people 
have such ability to do that. I mean, think about where you have to go in your mind to, to go and shoot innocent people on a spree. When you go through years of training in the military, and even then, when you're confronted with, with fire, firefight, and violence, you know how bad you're shaking? I remember talking to a recon Marine who was high up in special ops, and he'd gotten out of the military, and his son played a video game where he actually played what his dad, his dad's unit, he played this dad, like his dad's figure. And he goes, that's not how it was, son. I was shaking like this when we were going to housing, your whole body, everything, your adrenal glands, just dumping fear because that's how you are. So how do they get these cold calculating murderers to show up and do this? I don't buy it because where the serial killers go, we just phase those out. There's no more serial killers. They're all gone. Yeah. Okay. Does anybody have a memory anymore? I don't know. I'm, I go back and I read this. Every time there's a mass shooting, I read this quote from Bill Cooper because he nailed it long before the mass school shootings, long before Columbine, long before all that. Bill Cooper called it. He called it, and he's talking about the hypnosis and mental patients and, of course, the uh, serotonin reuptake inhibitors also known as antidepressants, which if you read the bottle, it's like suicidal thoughts. Uh, another side effect is suicidal thoughts. Well, I thought that's why I was taking them, but I don't want to have these, right? That's the whole point. There's something in this, in our culture. And of course, the elite welcome it with open arms, love it, especially when it fits their narrative. And I'm not buying, I'm not ever going to surrender my ability to defend myself because of aesthetics. I remember being in Iraq, just surrounded by grenades and rocket launchers and 44 40 Mike, Mike, you know, grenades and uh, M16s and belt fed 249s and all this stuff. And no one's shooting at me. And there's just people from all walks of life walking around with weapons everywhere, but no one's shooting at each other. why there was guns everywhere. Shouldn't we just all be murdering each other if that's what it is? Isn't the gun? It's the gun that does it. No, it's not. It's a sick society, and I think a lot of these people, uh, I don't know how they get to them, but they get to them. Somebody gets to the. It's, it serves the narrative. It's too perfect. It serves the narrative. And the narrative is there's these dangerous weapons out there, and, well, we don't really need to do anything about the people, you know, the, the, nothing's wrong with the people. It's the gun. They have the, if they just didn't have the gun, they would just, you know, go home and, and Netflix and chill. They wouldn't crash their car into somebody or set a building on fire or poison people. No, no, no. You know, they, they would just be home. It was just, it's the gun. It's beckoning them to pick it up and go shoot innocent people. I don't buy it. And then we'll move on from that. You do, again, don't, this is going to be, they're just going to increase the frequency. They have been. I mean, every time we turn on, like every news cycle, whenever you're, because we're already got war in the headlines. I mean, poor Ukraine. I mean, Zelensky, he must be apoplectic. <laughs> the printing press isn't just, you know, uh, catapulting piles of cash into that country, into that money laundering kitty for the international elite. He must be going apoplectic because we changed the news cycle. Now we're talking about Israel. 
Now we're talking about Hamas. Now we got to talk about the mass shooting. But folks, this is the fourth turning. We're in a fourth turning. And this is all about serving a, a wider narrative of, of remaking society, consolidating power, uh, consolidating, breaking down national sovereignty. I've got a clip here. You've probably heard it. I want to play it from Senator Kennedy uh, talking to DHS and <laughs> something, the puppets, the automatons uh, in Washington, D.C. about how many people have we imported? How many people have come over the border illegally? How many? Again, they're just crashing our border. It's weapons of mass immigration. Well, they're doing that for the same reason that there's, of course, the uh, never-ending wars, the, the printing of unlimited fiat fake currency. Right? This is to serve the ends of those who control the levers of power. Right? It's not to help you or I. It's not to make us safer. It's not to promote free markets and trade and commerce and peace. Because chaos, war, uncertainty, fear, this drives the narrative home. It drives uh, the agenda of the New World Order Luciferian bankster class. Anyway, we'll get into that today. Of course, you go to the headlines on Drudge. Just another, again, we're going to talk about wars and rumors of wars. Let's pull up Drudge. And folks, I know that I'm supposed to uh, take some sort of stance either way on uh, the Israel-Hamas conflict. But can I tell you something? This has nothing to do really with terrorism. This is a wider, much more sophisticated resetting of the grand chessboard. My opinion, you go do your own research. Don't listen to anything I say and take it at face value. Go and think for yourself. Do something that the mainstream media doesn't want you to do. Do something that the ruling elite don't want you to do. Do something that the military industrial complex doesn't want you to do. Think for yourself. Let's talk about that. Israel pummels Gaza as tanks enter. Okay. So we're going to pummel Gaza, this open-air prison where people live in abject poverty, where the hospitals and have been bombed and the power's been cut off and the water's been cut off and electronics have been cut off, communication's been cut off, supply lines have been cut off, Food have been cut off. Okay, fine. But did you stop and think for a minute? Could you just pause and think for a minute? The people that are sophisticated enough to send 2,000 rockets somehow through the Iron Dome of this, this country that has 300 nuclear weapons and a first-rate Air Force and an intelligence agency where they have even like periphery agents like Jeffrey Epstein that have, can blackmail politicians all over the world and get what they want can bend the pol internal politics of other countries, can somehow let this happen. So let's say that it did, and it's just let it, it was a surprise, even though Egyptian intelligence called Netanyahu. But let's just say it happened. Don't you think the people that in Hamas 
by the way, Hamas and even Ron Paul called this years and years ago. I know nobody was listening to Ron Paul because it's not fun. You don't get to pick a team. It's not easy for talk radio, right? You don't get to just, you know, talk about how many people you get to bomb and the callers stop calling. I understand, but Ron Paul called it years ago about Hamas. America wanted Hamas. Israel wanted Hamas to delegitimize the PLO. Put that aside. Just giving you some background. Put that aside. Do you think that they've run the simulations? Did you think they thought nothing would happen? Do you think they would shoot these rockets in and, and have the paragliders and all the terrorism and kill civilians and all this stuff to raise maximum terror? Do you think that that would, did they think that Israel was going to lay down their arms and go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Here, take our land and here, take the government over here. Just we'll leave. Do you think that was the, <laughs> you think that's what they were doing? Or did they expect exactly what's happening? Have you thought it through? Because what's happening now is going to spill over into a wider conflict because it's going to activate other entities, sleeper cells, Hezbollah, and the crown jewel of the Trotskyite neocon bloodthirsty automatons for Satan, the neocons. I've been warning you guys about the neocons for five years. Nobody listens. They always come back because now we got a Goldilocks war. The, Ukraine was too left wing. It's too passe. We got to bring something in for the right. And now we got the new Speaker of the House. And the first thing they do is they pass funding to give money to Israel. Israel has, they own 75% of the NASDAQ. They have 300 nuclear weapons. They don't need our money. What are we doing? We're going to take sides because this is about Iran. It's about Iran. It's not about Hamas. Quit looking at the visuals. The, Hamas is a tool for nation states, and Israel had everything to do with the creation of Hamas. They want to delegitimize it. This is a, is a more sophisticated op. But right-wing media, the usual suspects, it just stops right here. It's just surface level. You're not thinking it through. I had to hear for three years that Trump was, oh, he's playing 4D chess. He has to lie to us and lock us down and let Anthony Fauci run the country because he's helping us. And if you just listen, Tony, like, okay, is he helping? And it turned out, obviously, you know, the the QAnon crowd that he's still president out at Mar-a-Lago. I mean, I had to listen to that. What I'm telling you now this is 4D chess. Somebody's playing 4D chess. And we're playing checkers because we're watching Hamas. Don't watch that. What are you watching nation states? Iran's nuclear deal, deal fell through. It was a crappy deal, and it wasn't something that should have been ratified by, because it never was ratified by Congress. It's an actual treaty, so it's unconstitutional. But Obama put that together, and John Kerry, all right, remember that? Trump got rid of it. Scrap the, scrap the deal. So there's no more weapons inspectors. Are you going to listen to what Israel has said and Netanyahu has said over the years? They were, you know, Iran getting a nuclear weapon is an existential threat to Israel. They're not going to allow it. So lucky, right? They just get to have this maximum effect. Biden called it, well, Blinken said it was 10 9-11s. Biden said it was 15. 
it reminded me of Team America World Police where <laughs> Kim Jong-il is like, it's 9-11 times, what, 9,900, whatever it came up with. Nobody could figure out how many 9-11s it was. But you get what I'm saying. I've just lost like 55% of my audience because they want me to pick teams. Here I go again. Do you want analysis or do you want ratings? I have to just choose. I choose ratings. <laughs> no, I choose analysis, right? I choose, I choose what I, I'm going to tell you what I actually think. And what I actually think is there's something wrong here. Just a rush to war. No time for investigation. No time for negotiation, no time for anything. We just have to move forward. Send in the tanks. Send in the carriers. Do you not see how this ties? This ties into the war in Ukraine, too. Because what's, what's Russia's main export? What are they? They're a giant gas station. They have crude. They have coal. They have natural resources, natural gas. That's what they do. They export that. All right? So we're at war with that. Biden's at war with energy. We're going to have windmills, and we're going to have little African kids dying early, getting the cobalt for these lefty idiots that want to put their Teslas together. An unsustainable, stupid thing. Just a stupid, stupid thing. <laughs> It's like, we're going to destroy the earth, pulling out all these rare earth minerals, make these ridiculous batteries when we have plenty of gasoline, but we're going to cut off the supply of it because we're going to go to war with Russia because they don't like them. It threatens our, our new world, liberal new world order, as Biden called it. But what else is in the periphery of Russia? Iran and the neocons. Sorry to tell you this, Christians, you got duped. For 30 years by these people. You don't know who they are. I read an article years ago. Somebody finally got it right. And they talked about Bill Crystal, who's like, you know, he used to have that magazine called the Weekly Standard. I like what David Knight said. Don't call it the call it W-E-A-K-L-Y. Because <laughs> it's pretty weak. It's the weekly standard. It's all about how we should do foreign interventions and get involved, and it always seemed to be in the Middle East. Why is that? Do you know what these people track back to? The people that hijacked the Reagan revolution? They're neocons. They're Trotskyites. That's their philosophy. Their philosophy is based on the revolutionary Marxist Leon Trotsky. No kidding. And there was, this article was tiled, titled, this was years ago, because I've been thinking about this for years and de delving into it for two decades. Because I had to suffer through one of their class projects known as the Iraq War. Remember they were going to greet us as liberators and Saddam had a, a death ray and we were going to bring democracy to mankind in some Wilsonian fever dream? Yeah, I remember it. A lot of people died. Thanks, neocons. But yeah, this article was titled, uh, Bill Crystal, your Marxist roots are showing. Somebody finally got it. That's what these people are. They're communists. You can't see it, conservatives. They, I listened to talk radio all the time growing up, and, the, and I remember I used to follow Mark Levin on Freedom 1160, and whenever 
whenever I would go into like the history of this and how we're being misled and, and, and forced into a, a no win, unconstitutional, unnecessary foreign policy by these Trotskyites, the callers would stop calling because it's not fun. You don't get to call and talk about how we're going to have, you know, a Toby Keith song with eagles flying and people getting bombed and stuff. It's not fun. You know what's not fun? Losing your country, losing your freedom, losing your constitution, losing your bill of rights because there's another Patriot Act and another consolidation of power. War is the health of the state. You can't be just like this new uh, Speaker of the House. He's a Christian conservative, but but his first order of the, oh, the day, order of operation is to fund Israel, to get into this war. Whose country do these people work for? I didn't sign up for this. I didn't see an Israeli troop when I was in Iraq. Greatest ally? What are you talking about? From the USS Liberty? <laughs> Look at your history. Remember the dancing Israelis on 9-11? I do. 70 days in federal prison. Fox News even covered it. You don't hear much about that. 70 days, well, they were traded out. We did a swap. And those people that were dancing, that were arrested in New Jersey, they said they were there to document the event. Go look it up. Go look it up. Those people won't. This stinks. I don't buy it. I'm not picking a side. I don't like people. I don't like the, uh, I don't like any, any kind of group that goes and targets civilians. I don't want to be a part of that. You guys go and pick your teams all you want. Wear your caps. Enjoy it. I'm not going to be a party to that ever. And I'll probably lose. I keep losing more audience. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be losing more audience steadily. It's fine. It's fine. But you guys understand this is a sophisticated reshuffling of the chessboard. I don't know how it works. I just know that if I'm watching the news, that's not what it is. Do you guys think that do you think that FDR was surprised by Pearl Harbor? Do you think he went, "Oh my goodness." <laughs> do you guys know history? That's not how this works. He's not surprised by Pearl Harbor. They welcome it. It made everything happen. He was waiting for that moment. Churchill jumped for joy because <laughs> he would finally get America into the war. And what's the first thing? You know, we can go back through some history. You guys, I know that we're not supposed to because we're not supposed to think anymore, but <laughs> what happened when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor? We went to war with Hitler. That's the first, we had a European first foreign policy. Douglas MacArthur was over in the Philippines going, what? <laughs> it was that we were waiting. You see how this works? Governments invite things. War is the health of the state. War is a racket. Ku bono, who benefits? It's multinational corporations. 
the banking houses, not you. You're cannon fodder. Back to the front, young man. Back to the front. Patriotic songs. I remember something Gore Vidal said, and then he was a World War II vet and anti-war. I didn't hear one patriotic thing the entire time I was in the Pacific. Well, yeah, nobody does that. It's only the rah-rah, as Pat Buchanan called him, the amen corner. It's absolutely disgusting. I'm watching this ramp up. You guys see the financial system coming apart, right? You don't think this, you don't think they're anticipating this? Don't you have think tanks around the globe, especially in this periphery of the West, that's doing simulations on where this ends up, who benefits, who, who, who's in, who's out? We'll talk a little bit about that too. Let me go to the Rockfin chat. <laughs> Not much going on in the chat today. Oh, that's that's odd. Well, I see Melissa's in the chat. It's good to see. Always good to see Melissa. She's probably, <laughs> probably enjoying my uh, off-the-cuff remarks. Thank you for being there, Melissa. I appreciate you. Um, well, not I didn't see any activity in the chat, but if you want to chime in, and I, <laughs> this is this is again, I, everybody drops off. He doesn't have a team. I don't feel comfortable. I have to think. I don't like this. This is Tony's gone. Tony's gone off script. Well, yeah, they're gonna they're throwing us into a global cataclysm, and everybody's sleepwalking into it. You're not questioning this. I mean, it's all fun and games until they capture you in the fulcrum of the psyop. They capture your heart and mind. You got to push through that. See through that. It's hard to do especially when you see the images, you know, you see the other, right? You see masked people performing heinous, unspeakable acts on civilians. That, that's where they get you, right? And both sides know. It's like, who am I supposed to be a fan of when, the, when Iraq fights Iran? Like, do I pick a side or like, is it the, uh, <laughs> like the movie, a Lord of War, when he's talking to the weapons dealer, he's like, you, you supplied both sides. He's like, I wanted both sides to lose. And I'm not saying, look, Israel has a right to exist. Everybody has a right to exist. But this whole thing about crushing, going in with overwhelming, so you, let's just get this straight. I mean, Hamas can't destroy Israel. Can we, can we come to that conclusion? Can we all just with rational thought, understand that they can't overthrow anything. It doesn't happen that way. Israel is threatened by nation states. The 1967 war, the Yom Kippur war, 1973, Richard Nixon saved Israel through airlifts. And he told, he, he was drinking scotch in the little Lincoln room that he'd set in and had a fire with the air conditioner on full blast. And he said he'd, he would drop the big one. So people, the Soviet union took notice and thought he might actually do it because he'd bombed Cambodia and he'd done massive bombing on the North and Hanoi and, and the Vietnam war and brought the Vietnamese to the table. So you might not, he might not be joking. Israel was saved, but they weren't threatened by terrorism. I mean, we're all, we all have terrorists. The war on terror. That's another thing we have to be, we have to swallow this pill, but we don't have a border. Is it real? 
you have to ask the question because we didn't have a border after 9-11 or any other event ever. We didn't have it after COVID-1984. So are these events real? Are we really threatened? Is it the greatest disease of all time since the 13th century or is it not? Or because we didn't have a border. Are we facing the greatest threat, internal security threat since ever or not? Or is it real because we don't have a border? These are open questions. You think for yourself. All right, let's jump into some headlines. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get into that one. This is one on. Uh, I talked about this on the David Knight show. Here's some. I'm gonna give you some signposts on the road ahead. I talked about this on the David Knight show yesterday. World's oldest central bank seeking seven billion dollar bailout after massive bond losses. Do you know what central bank this is? It's the world's oldest central bank. Now think about this. Every country on earth, for the most part, and I know I've been corrected on this because Russia has some ties to gold per ruble, and they've done this after the U.S. sanctions. Set that aside. Every other country on earth has a fiat currency backed by nothing. Those fiat currencies are created by central banks. The central banks are losing money, and they're the ones that make it. Have you thought that one through? This is the central bank in Sweden. It's the world's oldest central bank. This is, however, this is talking about how the Bank of England was, was bailed out. The world's oldest central bank and arguably the most... Uh, experiment of central banks, Sweden's risk bank, which not only is the world's oldest central bank, but also the first one to implement negative rates. Now it hopes to also be the first one to surpass the bank of England and getting the biggest central bank bailout in history. So they're going to the government, just like the fed, the federal reserve is not federal. It's a, it's a private owned banking consortium, international banking consortium. Can you tell me, um, I'll play the jeopardy music. If you'd like who owns the federal reserve, do you, or is it a privately held bank since 1913? Yeah, it's privately held. It's not federal. It's as federal as federal express. They're a private bank. And when they lose money, do you know who pays for it? When they lose, by the way, they make the money. But they're losing it right now. Our bank, our Federal Reserve Bank, if you want to call it a bank, is losing money. And so is the Swedish Central Bank. And so has the, the Central, the Bank of England, the BOE, has lost money. Now, it's kind of hard to do, right? You, you actually create the thing that you need, but you, they put it on the people, which was always the plan. This is something Gore Vidal talked about. We have socialism for the rich and free enterprise for the poor. That's why we had too big to fail and too big to jail after 2008. The same people that caused the crisis don't have to pay for the crisis. You pay for the crisis. You pay it in your taxes. You pay it with the hidden tax of inflation. You pay it with regulation. You pay it by not being able to take part in the marketplace because you've been priced out or you've been frozen out by regulation. But that's what the point is. The point is to consolidate more power. So they put these 
this is Cloward and Piven, the two economists in the 1960s that thought, how do we bring down capitalism? Well, you just overload the system and you destroy it. That's what the border is about. That's what our, our broken government is about. That's about the welfare state is about. That's why I think that the senator from Pennsylvania, John Fetterman, I think he is a humiliation ritual that's part of Cloud and Piven. I think that's part of it. Like just to, that's your representative. That's America 2.0, as my friend Don Jeffries says. Central banks losing money. Wanted to give you that. Just food for thought, right? Next time you, if you're supposed to, if you have children that want to study like business school or go to one of these, uh, you know, indoctrination centers, save them some cash and just go have them follow Robert Kiyosaki and some of the smart entrepreneurs. You, you want to learn business? Go follow a guy that has five Burger King franchises and some apartment buildings. That's a genius. These people are idiots of the highest order and they tank stuff on purpose. Have you seen the guy that runs the Bank of International Settlements? Go Google it. It looks like he looks like the he looks like the caricature on the cover of the 1989 album from Warrant, the uh, hair metal band, um, dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking rich. He looks like that guy, and that's who they. Had, these are caricatures, folks. They're making it up as they go along. I don't think any of these. I don't think any of these. Does you know? It's funny. I was reading a a, a history of gold. In the late 1600s, England had a banking crisis. They had a currency crisis because of the, there was a, a great interest in silver in the East. And so people were taking the silver and bringing it eastward into China and some other uh, trade routes. And so they were having a, a currency crisis of driving the price of their currency up. So they replaced it with the guinea, which was a gold coin. And do you know who they brought in to be the master of the mint to reset the currency? Isaac Newton. And by the way, he wanted, that was one of his dream jobs to be the head of the gold and silver mint, the smartest guy, one of the smartest people that ever lived. And they put him in charge of the mint and he, and he excelled at it. He was wrong on a few things too. He's a genius. And they put him in charge of the mint and he still was wrong. You know who we have in charge? We have Janet Yellen. <laughs> have, you, have you thought about that? We don't have an Isaac Newton, and we certainly don't have anybody in charge of the mint with that kind of IQ. So I don't, I don't know. I'm not saving dollars. I'm not buying into this system. Neither should you. All right, let's go to another headline. Let's see. Let's see how something a little bit more apocalyptic. Uh, <laughs> hold on a second. Oh, here we go. Uh, gold tops 2000 amid global conflict and government chaos. Hey, I thought, wait a minute. I was just reading the headlines three weeks ago. Let's get in my way back machine. Literally. I probably still have tabs open somewhere where these commentators were like, well, gold's on its way out. We've really done a great job. Jerome Powell's done a massive, massive job. And he's done an excellent, uh, raising rates. And he's really calmed the fears. Of and I kept going, you're not watching the global events. You're not watching the global events and people say, oh, no, we're going to get back to normal. I'm going to buy my fang stocks and some tech. Okay. Good luck with that. The people in Shanghai have a completely different gold standard because they can't get any. 
The spot price is different. The global spot price is changing. I'm just raising my hand going, anybody watching this? No, I'm going to, I got Jim Cramer told me everything's going to be fine. Fox news, you know, <laughs> no, this is, they can't really stop it forever. This is supply and demand and the people of the world, especially central banks, not yours. This one isn't buying any gold. Don't want it. But the people of the world are buying it because currencies are falling apart. Central banks are losing money. I really, I, I didn't think I'd live to see that. Like, we're just like, we're just running out of money. I'm like, you make the money. Isn't that weird that you kind of lost money that you make it? Well, that's weird, isn't it? <laughs> this is what happens, folks. You, the reason that gold is going that way is because markets are uncertain, because they're driving the price of energy up, because this war in the Middle East is about Iran, 90 million people, giant landmass, three times the size of Iraq. They're on the verge of getting a nuke. And you know what? We taught them that. We taught them that lesson. What was the lesson that we we told the world we taught the world with Saddam Hussein? Okay, let's let's go back one little bit on the timeline. Iraq in 1984 started a peaceful, you can put it in quotations whatever you like. They had a nuclear reactor built by the French, I believe called Osiric. I remember this because I read books, and this has been a while, and I'm, I'm just a paratrooper who likes history. Sorry, folks. I'm not a genius. I'm not an expert, but I remember things because I actually, unlike a lot of the elite, I actually have to, I have a library card. So I thought about this for a while. The Iraqis and Saddam Hussein had a French-built nuclear reactor that they were going to use to power uh, Iraqi cities because they'd use crude and they kind of look into the future and they wanted to get in nuclear power. The Israelis just bombed it, just blew it up. Okay. <laughs> so the Israelis bombed it and Iraq didn't have nuclear power anymore. And you fast forward about six years. And their army, that was one of the largest in the world at the time, got absolutely obliterated by the United States because Saddam had asked our permission to invade Kuwait. By the way, all these lines are artificial. They're drawn up by Winston Churchill after World War II. I know I'm not supposed to remember this stuff, but it really is true. Go look it up. It was all just pencils on a map. They draw up and the little Kuwaitis had a little area and the Kuwaitis were slant drilling into Iraq. If you know anything about how, you know, if you watch the movie, there will be blood. And he talks about how <laughs> he was able to drill in different areas by my, my straw and your milkshake goes across the room. Yeah. That's how they did it. And they started taking the Iraqi oil. So Saddam Hussein came to his old ally, the United States of America and said, can I get over there and do that? Do you guys have any problem with that? We said, no. And then George H.W. Bush thought it'd be a good time to have a Babylonian ritual. And that's what the first Gulf War was. Remember, September 11th, 1990, September 11th, 1990, 11 years to the day, to the minute, George H.W. Bush calling for a new world order three times in front of a joint session of Congress in response to Saddam Hussein invading Kuwait. I say this. Because the lesson that we taught the world was if you don't have a nuke, 
You better get one really quick. You better get one or we'll invade you because that's the fail safe. Saddam didn't have the death ray. He didn't have a nuke. He didn't have a, a wonder weapon like the Nazis. He didn't have any of that stuff. I know that because I was there. And you can have a bunch of revisionist warmongers that'll tell you, well, they moved it to Syria. and I don't care. We gave them the stuff. He used it against Iran. But the lesson that Saddam learned and the other dictators around the world learned, you better get your nuke. That's why just leading up to that, North Korea did their underground detonation of a nuclear weapon. I remember that because I was in Afghanistan. This is the new cycle of history in a fourth turning. It starts accelerating through the currency wars. Then you go into trade wars. Then you go into actual kinetic war. And when they're putting Iran out on the chopping block, because that's what this is, when you're looking at Hamas and Israel, I know that I'm not. I know that it's too complicated because the right wing media won't do. But that's really what they're chomping at the bit about. It's their crown jewel. It's the raison d'etre is to knock out Iran. Have you thought about the simulation there? Have you thought about the next level? Have you thought about where that goes? $300 a barrel oil? It costs about 150 bucks to fill up your tank, if you can even get it. Do you realize what it does to global supply? Because we haven't done a good job in this country opening up supply lines. I mean, Biden cut off the XL Keystone pipeline. He said, we're going green. <laughs> so you're going green. Is that what we're doing, folks? Are we going green? <laughs> it's all about going nowhere. They're pricing you out of the energy market. And they can use the excuse, well, we didn't do it. You know, it's kind of like, remember Putin's price hike? Gosh, it seems quaint now. It's Putin's price hike. That's what inflation is. And that people who don't know any better, they're like, oh, it is Putin's price hike. He, he, he invaded Ukraine, and that made the price of energy go up. No, folks, the price of energy went up because the money supply increased. Because we have fiat currency. Because we just inflate it. It's called inflation. It inflates the money supply. The green pieces of paper, the Luciferian bankster notes, they don't have the mo this much purchasing power anymore. That's why I've been telling people for years, this is ridiculous when you see the price of precious metals. When I was born, the price of silver was $50 an ounce. And I'm an old man now. <laughs> I can't be drafted. I'm that, I'm that old. I'm 43 years old. It's 43 years ago. The price of silver was $50 an ounce. What's the purchasing price of the dollar, the loss of it in, in the last 43 years? It's been catastrophic. So you're telling me that silver is half of what it was in 1980 with sub global supply far outstretching where it was in 1980 and the loss of purchasing power of the dollar in the tank? I don't buy it. And neither should you. This is ridiculous. This all the pricing on commodities is completely rigged. The price of gold, the price of gold when I was born was $600 an ounce. 
1979? Do you realize, I mean, everybody talks about boomers buying houses and it costs us, you know, $20,000. Yeah, my dad used to build houses. The, the interest rates were 13%. You know why they were 13%? Because Paul Volcker, the head of the Federal Reserve, had to raise them to the teens to stop inflation because we went off the gold standard. But nobody talks about that. You're just supposed to continue to look at, is the something, something, the price of that going to go up? Gold doesn't really go up. This is just a, this is an actual representation, this story on my screen of the loss of purchasing power of the dollar. And I was on air when gold broke its all-time high of 2068 or whatever it was, live on air, filling in for David Knight in Austin on InfoWars. And do you know what's the debasement of our currency that's happened since then? 80% of all the dollars ever created? And you're telling me gold isn't at its all-time high now? <laughs> but but all means, you know, Tune into uh, Jim Cramer and uh, Fox Business and CNBC because everything's going to be fine. Let me just get you into some fangs. Let me get you into some real tech. You know, <laughs> well, maybe if you if you don't have the if you don't care about having it on the stain on your soul, buy some defense contract stocks. You know, just you know, because we got to blow up some stuff, even though nobody knows why. You know, there's that great meme that says, uh, look how Iran wants war. They put all their, they put their country so close to our military bases. And I remember, you know, I was a young soldier. They said, Arterburn, you're going to go uh, do some security. We, there's, a, there's a high level personnel coming in. You're going to fly around with them. And I was in Afghanistan at Kandahar. I said, fine. So I go out to the tarmac, <laughs> walking up to get on the back of this C-130. And I turn around, and there's this tall, very tall gentleman with a black beret and four stars across it. It was General Tommy Franks, the architect of uh, the invasion of Iraq later. And he was head of the, I think, was he head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff? He's up there, you know, Tommy Franks. And he said, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Texas, sir. I couldn't salute him because we're on the tarmac. And you don't salute officers in, you know, in the combat zone. <laughs> the enemy... Definitely wants you to do that. He said, well, so am I. We're going to fly around. So we flew around. And one thing I noticed, all these little outposts and special operations centers where we're flying. I look out the window. There's two F-16s just banking us, just following us everywhere we went. I mean, that, that was like the safest airplane ride I was ever going to be on in my life. But we went on these outposts. And one of them, I believe we could see into Iran, like the border. It's always been on the chopping block. And it's absolutely disgusting because nobody can tell me why. You know, Trump killed General Soleimani in January of 2020. What was that about? You know, he had proxy agents in Iraq. What was that really about? Does anybody know? Because we got that got drowned in the uh, the next week's news cycle, which was COVID-1984. See, I, I used to bro I broadcast all of this stuff, and I've kept it in, the, in my Rolodex, in my files, in my mind. 
because I knew that they would eventually come back to it. I was hoping they would change it up. I thought Ukraine was kind of kind of nuanced, you know, kind of old school. We definitely want, you know, conflict with Russia, not China. They, we don't really want conflict with China. They own so many of our universities and corporations and politicians. You know, uh, once you Google Diane Feinstein, Chinese spy driver, uh, <laughs> or uh, Swalwell and his girlfriend, or Clinton's uh, White House bags of cash, China. Oh, and the Israelis love China too. They sell them our weapons secrets. You can look that up too. I know it's inconvenient. It's really inconvenient. We got to get all these teams. You got to get on. You got to get in the war party, Tony. It's a party. Just turn off your brain. Don't worry about it. Turn off your brain. We're going to go to war. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's a spectator sport like Fox News. They love that stuff. Where you need to go now is you need to start researching and thinking for yourself and read a little bit of history. In a fourth turning, power shifts away from the global order as it is today. Where's that power going? Lyndon Johnson said power is where power goes. Is that true? We have a shifting world order. This is a competition among nation states and other entities that you can't see about who controls the top-down, totalitarian, one-world socialist government. That's what they want to build. And you know how I know that? Because they say so. <laughs> because they put it in their white papers. And they put it in their statements. You know, the son of Paul Warburg in the 1950s, Paul Warburg, by the way, was they based the character Daddy Warbucks and Little Orphan Annie on him. If you watch the movie and he tells Franklin Roosevelt what to do, that's Paul Warburg. He was the first head of the, the Federal Reserve. His brother, Max Warburg, was head of the Central Bank in Germany at the same time we're at war with Germany. See how that works? But his son testified in front of Congress in the 1950s and said, we're going to have world government one way or the other. Through, through acceptance or through violence, one way we'll have it. He told that to Congress. That's pretty ballsy. <laughs> but they tell you what they're going to do. The elite want one world government because they want total, top-down, totalitarian control. Do you understand? They do not like nation states. And the fastest way to break down nation states is to have war because you were going to beg for the solution. Problem, reaction, solution. Hegelian dialectic. You will beg for the peace, and the peace will be in the form of the United Nations, one world government, loss of national sovereignty. It's the only way to do it. That's what they'll say. They tried it after World War II. They got it. They tried it after World War I. Didn't get it with the League of Nations. It's maddening to watch because we have so many people that should be thinking right now, and they're not. Henry Ford said it best. He said that thinking was the hardest job of all. That's why so few people do it. All right, folks. Remember, the program is brought to you by Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange. You can go to wisewolfgoldandsilver.com uh, to find us. We have two locations, one in Branson, Missouri, one in Denison, Texas. We buy every – if it's gold and silver, I buy and sell it. And in this time of chaos and uncertainty, fear and doubt and all that good stuff, 
it's uh it's reminiscent of what douglas macarthur said he said there is no safety on this earth only opportunity so start thinking in those terms wise wolf goldensilver.com wolfpack.gold monthly membership starting as low as 50 dollars. i'll see you guys next week take care of each other end of transmission <laughs>